0: Hey everyone, what's up? It's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and welcome to podcast episode number 234. Now one of the threats we all know that's looming out there is that of a complete economic meltdown, one that could literally change life as we know it, practically overnight. And being an economic moron myself, I've been searching for years for an economic expert out there who can break down the reality of this threat into a simple enough explanation that even a dumb old country boy like me can understand it. Well, this week I'm excited to introduce you to Kimberly Amadeo. She's a non-prepper who's here to give us some straight talk on the real economic threat we all face, as well as what to look for and, more importantly, how to prepare for potential meltdown. Now, it's all coming right up, but first, don't forget to grab this week's free show notes covering all the main points we covered this week. All you have to do is go to www.mcsmagazine.com 234 and download it all absolutely free. And now, on with the interview.
1: Practical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival.
0: The disturbing signs are all there. While the economy has been booming and unemployment has been low for the last couple of years, we're starting to see indications of a new recession on the horizon. And every time I see gas prices drop suddenly, I worry. For example, because there is a reason behind those gas prices dropping, right? There's a reason why they go up and down. Worse, Americans have learned nothing, apparently, from past recessions and depressions. I mean, many Americans have no money saved whatsoever for emergencies. And we've raised an entire generation of hand-to-mouth millennials who are not prepared for any sort of economic hardship. Now, the dollar continues to take a beating abroad, although it hasn't been in the news recently, but there are all kinds of shenanigans involving the U.S. dollar and currencies of Russia and China and everywhere else which threaten to turn our arguably worthless paper money into even more worthless paper money if you listen to most of the people out there. Now, in short, people are more complacent than ever before, but the danger of economic collapse continues to remain a very, very real possibility, as we've seen in places like Greece and also in Venezuela. Now, more and more people are saying that it's not a matter of if we experience an economic collapse, but when. Now, when that happens, what will you do? What will an economic collapse look like? And what should you be doing to prepare now for economic disaster? Well, that's what we're here to find out. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Honor Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. With me today to help decipher the truth behind the threat of an economic collapse is Kimberly Amadeo. Kimberly, welcome to the program. Hi, Jeff. It's great to be here. I can't tell you how long I've been waiting for somebody like you to come onto the show and really kind of help me dig into this. This is kind of a passion project of mine, so I'm really, really excited to talk with you. Listen, everybody, Kimberly is over 20 years of senior-level corporate experience in economic analysis and business strategy. She received an MS in management from the Sloan School of Business at MIT and is the U.S. economy expert for The Balance, as well as president of WorldMoneyWatch.com. Now, the company provides publications about the global economy that are easy to understand, succinct, and full of practical information. Kimberly's been featured as an expert on Barney & Company, a news talk show on the Fox Business Network. She's also been featured as an expert on CCTV America and Newsmax TV, and has been interviewed by U.S. News and World Report, the Dallas Morning News, Cleveland Plain Dealer, TV2 Denmark, and Industry Week. Her work has been cited by the Washington Times, NASDAQ, USA Today, Zero Hedge, and the Huffington Post. After I take a break here, with just to be able to get a breath, on top of all that, Kimberly is also the author of the book Beyond the Great Recession, which is available on Amazon. So you can see why I had to have her on the show to help us kind of get through this very complicated and confusing matter. Now, to learn more about Kimberly, you can make sure that you go visit her online over at www.thebalance.com, where she's a contributor. And also make sure that you pick up her book, Beyond the Great Recession, available on Amazon. Okay, Kimberly, so let's go ahead and jump into this. Now, I'm going to start off by telling this, and I think my audience knows this, but I make a complete economic knucklehead. So I need you to break things down. Sometimes when I listen to, like, the, um, the Money Watch television shows, like, they throw out all kinds of acronyms and stuff that I don't even get. But what I do know is that we've had recessions, we've had depressions, we've, The dollar, you know, our our debt just continues to skyrocket over and over and over again, and it doesn't seem like that's ever going to go away. So I'm really interested in basically the practicality of this. Like I know a lot of people out there just kind of throw out, you know, we call it fear porn to be able to get everybody all hyped up about it. But I'm really excited about this because this is an area that we identify as one of the one of the practical threats that we face that preppers and other, and people who are just looking to protect themselves and their families should be paying attention to, but have so little information out there. So I need to start this conversation off with, we've all heard about this possibility of an economic collapse. And we, we see the US dollar and compared with other dollars and it goes up and it goes down and, and we've got this debt that's looming. So I want to ask you, the expert, just how bad is the economic situation in the world and in the United States? And are we doomed to fall off a cliff no matter what? In other words, not just like what is it like this week on the stock exchange, but what is our overall economic situation um, that we're facing? And, you know, is this a, a no brainer? Yes. At, at some point, this is all going to come crumbling ar- down around us.
2: Well, I think that's a great question. And uh, when you hear the news and wh- and read it, you have to keep in mind that everybody on there is just trying to get your attention and what. The new the media has found is the best way to get your attention is to tell you something terrible. So once they have their attention, then what you need to do is to follow what they say and then check out what they say with other sources. But to answer your question, the economic situation is good. It's very steady. We have low unemployment. We have GDP numbers are going to come in between two and three percent which is what they've been at, which is what you want. You want it to be a nice, slow, steady growth. And weirdly enough, the recession gave us a gift, which is slow, steady growth. The only time you have to worry about a recession like we had or a Great Depression is after a giant bubble. So here's what's to keep in mind. You'll know a recession is coming when everybody says it can't get worse. When everybody says it's just going to get better and better and better and better, you know that they've all gone mad, and that's when you really have to look out for an economic, not collapse, I don't really think we're headed for a collapse, but a recession, definitely.
0: So, on that note, I mean, the latest talk now about, I mean, we, the last recession that we had was due to basically everything was going great. I think it's interesting you put it like that because everything was going great and so lenders were out there basically lending money to people that should never have been lent money. And so that bubble eventually busted and then we had, I mean, I'm kind of simplifying things and this is just my understanding. So, did we learn from that? Well, That's a good question, because now what I hear is that the next bubble that's coming is that we have so many of the millennials or or people that are in college or have college debt that they can't even buy houses because they're just going to spend the rest of their life trying to pay off this debt. So are we in like a bubble area now or are we leading into one that, that could cause another one of those drastic downturns?
2: I don't see any bubbles anywhere right now. The last time we had a bubble was the stock market was in a bubble in 2013, a little bit later, but that's taken care of itself. We've been in a correction and it's corrected it. We had a bubble with Bitcoin, but that's gone. So right this second, I don't see a bubble.
0: Okay. And it's so just, what about,
2: it's just boring. <laughs> the economy just boring. is just boring, <laughs> but that's what you want.
0: I is absolutely. I was going to say I love boring. That's awesome.
2: I love boring.
0: Yeah. So this is how I've always kind of looked at the debt that we have since we've become a, a debt-based economy. Essentially, is that to put in a, a people's uh, how do I put this? Like we have to keep raising the debt limit. Keep raising it. Keep raising it. Keep raising it. Keep raising it. And then we have to get that money from somewhere because our budget is not balanced. But how I've always kind of looked at it is that if you had ten different credit cards, because I like to use my family, because my wife loves buying shoes, I almost have like a our, our own one suitcase just for my wife's damn shoes when we travel. But it's like if we, <laughs> if if I don't make enough money to pay for her shoe habit, but she still is going. To, buying shoes and I get another credit card to keep buying her shoes. Well, eventually I've got like 10 maxed out credit cards where I get another credit card to be able to buy shoes and make payments on the other 10 credit cards. Eventually, all of those creditors are going to come back to me and say, nope, no more credit cards. Now you've got to start paying all these bills and you don't have any money and you go into default and my, my, basically my, my own personal economy collapses. So, doesn't it stand to reason that with this debt continuing like it's, it's just going to keep going forward and we never seem to be able to balance a budget or pay off those debts that eventually we're going to run out of credit cards as a country and it's going to come crumbling?
2: Well, here's the weird thing about the US dollar that no other currency has this and that's its status as a global currency. And that was established after World War II when everybody was on the gold standard and they all said, we don't want to be on the gold standard anymore. We want to be, we're going to like sign it all over to the dollar. Because the U.S. at that time had the most gold anyway. So they all said, well, we'll use the U.S. dollar instead of the gold standard. So we're the whole world is on the U.S. dollar standard. And we've been able to do okay with it because we're the world's biggest customer. You know, that's one benefit of the trade deficit is that we buy things from everybody. And so everybody wants to make us happy. So we will buy their stuff as a result of that. All international contracts are priced in dollars. So everybody in the rest of the world knows what the dollar is doing. No matter even more than what they know what their own currency is doing. So the point that I want to make about what that means for the debt is that we can keep That's how we've been able to keep cranking up the debt without any problem. But there is a problem, and it's the same problem you have if you have like high blood pressure or some other chronic disease. It doesn't bother you today. It doesn't bother you today. It doesn't bother you today, but it's building. The pressure is building, and at some point it will bother you. The only difference between that and the dollar is that Everybody's using the dollar as the world's currency and we have no other option. We can't use the euro because that whole system over there is a little, it's weak just the way they've set it up. Yeah. So the euro is not going to replace the dollar. The Chinese won. I mean, the Chinese, the Chinese would love to have their currency be the global currency, but it's not freely traded. They're, they've got it tied to the dollar. So it's basically the dollar. There's nothing else that we can. And gold, no one wants to go back to gold. And that would take a whole half an hour to explain that right there. But they're not going to ever go back to gold because it's going to keep the economies too small. So we're stuck with the dollar at some point, And I've been surprised. I've been saying this, you know, so what we're going to see is that the dollar is going to decline in value, but it's going to be very slow. It's just going to be like And it's been happening since at least since 2006. We had the recession. Everybody flocked to the dollar because, like I say, there's nothing else. It was the best house in a bad neighborhood. But now they're going back to, you know, and you'll see the dollar over time is going to slowly continue to decline.
0: Hmm. Well, let's so that's interesting because, I mean, it seems like like everything seems stable, like you said, like today, no, not a problem today not a problem. But that's based upon like our dollar being the standard where that, that explains now, wow, wow. I've seen like news reports where China and Russia might try to put, you know, like, like they're trying to replace the dollar. and it's, it's almost like a chess game that seems to be happening there. But so what are like maybe um, three to five like major warning signs that really would show that, okay, wait a minute, my high blood pressure is up today. You know, it's like there is a potential impending, Economic collapse should, that that could be happening. What are some of those indicators that that we would look for as major warning signs?
2: Well, and the first thing to keep in mind is that there's a difference between a recession and the recession that we just had was the worst recession since the depression. So it felt like a collapse, but I mean we could still go to the grocery store. There's still things there. It didn't completely collapse, but we do have a sign of a recession, and that's the inverted yield curve, and that's basically when Traders want to, want, are more interested in short-term notes than long-term notes. And again, that could take me another half an hour to explain that whole thing. But that is a sign of a recession. And it's just a really early warning sign right now. So in my mind, it's like, well, let's keep an eye on things. And it's saying that there may be a recession in, in two years, and then things will be better by five years. But a collapse. That would happen quickly, and we almost had a, we almost had a collapse on September seventeenth two thousand and eight. so if you could think back what were you doing on that day, you were doing the same thing you were doing the day before and the, and the day after. But what happened then was the money market accounts every all these businesses started pulling money out of the money market accounts because they were worried about what had happened with Lehman Brothers when it collapsed, and they just started pulling the money out well, that's where businesses keep their money overnight. To pay for operations so if they had, they had start, kept pulling the money out the money market accounts would have gone bankrupt like a it was like a bankrupt bank run on money market accounts but if that had gone on for even a week just a week the entire economy would have ground to a halt because that's where people go the businesses go to pay the trucks to keep them delivering groceries mm-hmm. um, businesses would have shut down because They couldn't pay their employees and eventually, you know, gas stations would start to run out of gas. So when the economy collapses like that, like you may not notice it, but I can talk to you more about like the signs that you could notice now that you know that a collapse would just happen suddenly. I mean, that's why it's a collapse. It just collapses.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a good point. But there
2: are some... Yeah, there are there are things you can do to prepare for it though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those are the things that I'm, we're about ready to get into. Also, and listen everybody, we've been talking with Kimberly Amadeo of the com about the threat of an economic disaster and how to prepare for it now. And we have a lot more coming up. So trust me, I'm chomping at the bit here for some of these things. So we're going to be talking about like the reality of what life will look like outside your front door in the event of an economic collapse. We're also going to talk about the steps that you should be taking right now to protect yourself and your family and your livelihood and a fast action response plan for the moment that the dollar, if it does hit that doomsday mode, what you should be doing right away. All that more coming right up, but first check out this special message.
1: In any disaster, crisis or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover... The seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way. So you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug-out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show.
0: Okay, we're back with Kimberly Amadeo of TheBalance.com, talking about the threat of an economic disaster and how you can protect yourself and your family right now with steps that you can take prior to any sort of a dollar doomsday. We've got a lot more to get into, so let's go ahead and jump back in now. So Kimberly, for, for a lot of us, like there's, it's kind of this looming thing, like we don't really know what collapse is like. Like we don't, unless people are from like, they live in Venezuela where they're like, you know, there's like a mile long line outside of a grocery store where, you know, all of those things happen. We're not used to those kinds of things. So when that happens, and we've talked about some of the things a collapse would happen very quickly, you brought up that even, even so much as things like if, if gasoline isn't out there and truck drivers aren't able to either get paid or deliver goods, well, that, that's going to shut off our supply system. So there won't be groceries in the, in the grocery store. So things like that. But what does an economic collapse look like when it really does collapse, when it gets sucked into that vacuum there? What for the average person out there, what will life be like?
2: Well, let's go back to the example with the financial system when it, almost collapsed. And by the way, the reason that you didn't see trucks stop running was because the uh, Treasury, U.S. Treasury Department saw what was going on and they pumped a ton of money in there to stop it. But let's say they did freeze up. Let's say we had somebody else in there who didn't respond or didn't know what to do yeah. or didn't care or whatever. You know, if the money market accounts froze up first, you, it would be in the news, but only people who closely follow the financial news would notice it. And uh like I say, you know, most people didn't on September 17th. But what you would notice is, let's say the trucking system stopped, probably over a few days, you'll notice, hey, you know, some of the items in the grocery store aren't there. You know, probably produce, things that they are don't sell out of, things that or things they do sell out of pretty quick, things with a big demand. You know, here and there, they'd be like, oh, there's no carrots. Oh, wait a minute. Now there's no cabbage. Well, probably not cabbage. I don't know how many people buy that, but (laughs) but you'd notice like gas stations, you know, a pump would be dry and then another one. And then once the gas station had sold all of its gas, it would be shut down because there'd be no more coming in. Maybe some small businesses initially, they would say, oh, we can't pay you this week. We'll pay you next week. Government services might start to be limited, but that would be the first couple of days. But then it's going to hit the news and then panic would ensue. All of a sudden everybody would rush to the grocery store, gas stations and everything. They go to their banks to withdraw cash. So you might only have about a week at most to prepare for that phase.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've, t- and I think everybody should know here, like, like Kimberly is not, She's not a prepper. She doesn't wear a gas mask to bed. She doesn't have a bunker. At least I don't think she has a bunker in her backyard. So I was really out there looking for somebody that could really break this down for us from, like, is a true professional, not just somebody who's following the same prepper type information out there about the economy. So the stuff that she's talking about is stuff that's not coming from somebody who is, like, who just binge watches Doomsday Preppers, like, each week. And so – so the other aspects of that, though, I think which which we do know from the survival type industry is all the different types of infrastructure items that people do take for granted that if there isn't gas, like we talked about with um, truck drivers, well, if truck drivers aren't out there driving trucks, stuff doesn't get delivered, right? You know, I think something you talked about as far as like when we almost had that collapse back in September when they pulled all the money out of the money market and they but they what will the government do when that happens, when they see that, okay, people are freaking out. Yes, we are. You know, this it's crumbling right now. Pulling the money out is like that creates a a vacuum that makes it really hard for the government to respond to that. Right. Like wouldn't like we've talked about how there's got to be a plan for them to shut off the ATM machines for them to not allow people to just make a run on the banks to just drag everything out because they're afraid that it's all just going to be, Get put down to zero in their bank accounts and people losing their, their savings and can't get access to cash and things like that. So I think, I think those are things that people also worry about, like the very visceral type things. You know, I don't, I have enough gas in the gas tank and, and that type of stuff, but not being able to even access their money. Right.
2: (laughs) Well, there, there's things that people can do now to prepare for a collapse.
0: Yeah, let's let's yeah. go ahead and talk about that, because, I mean, whether time like economically times are good right now or not, it's been I, th- I just been finding it really interesting in this conversation that there are these certain pivot points like right now, everything seems fine. But if this one like one leg of the stool comes out now, I don't have a three legged stool anymore. Now I got two legs. And so I find that really, really interesting. So. For people to truly be prepared and not sit back on their laurels here, what are some of the things that they should be doing right now? Because obviously the worst time to, to plan for what you're going to do for an economic collapse is when, like you said, like there's, there's, now there's a run on the banks and it starts crumbling very, very quickly. But what are some of the things, the specific things they can do right now to prepare for, for a collapse?
2: Well, in finance and investments, they talk about a diversified portfolio is the best way to get the best return for the least risk. And a diversified portfolio is when you hold stocks, bonds, and commodities, and you prepare for any eventuality. In other words, whatever happens, you don't lose everything. And we can kind of follow that same thing for an economic collapse. So your first decision is going to be, let's, you know, fight or flight. So in the scenario that we just discussed, okay, you start to notice, oh, what's going on here? There's not the things at the grocery store, the gas stations, you know, they don't have the gas. So is this something that I should, is only going to affect my area or is this something that's going to affect the entire country? So should I leave or should I stay? So what you want to do, and you'll have to make that decision at the time, but what you want to do is be ready for both. So you need to have your passport ready, for example, so you can go to a different country. If this collapse is only affecting the United States, you might want to pop over to Canada. You have to have your passport ready. You have to have your exit strategy. So if you were going to go to Canada, where would you go? You know, maybe you want to visit there for vacation, just to be on the safe side. Another thing that's always a good idea: have enough of cash on hand to last you for a month. So no matter where you go in the world, twenty dollar bill works, and people who travel around the world know this. So have a bag of twenty, so you're you're ready to go with it, so you don't have to go to the bank first. And another thing, and you should always do this anyways: have enough cash. You know, be liquid, have enough cash in your account to last you for six months. Think light. Like if you own real estate and you want to prepare for any eventuality, sell your real estate because you can't take that with you. You'd have to leave it all behind. The only real estate you might want would be like an isolated farm somewhere without a lot of people that importantly has access to water. And you can always, you know, learn how to forage, farm, hunt, make all your own supplies now. That's if you have if it's a long-term, you know, if you decide to leave and it's a long-term situation, then think medieval times. You're going to have to make everything yourself. You're going to have to barter with people. One thing that you don't want is uh, you don't want to have gold because right now people have left the gold. Since 1945, people left the gold standard and moved over to the dollar. So everywhere in the world, people use dollars. So don't worry about stockpiling a a bag of gold coins. You don't really need that anymore. A bag of 20s will do it. And I'd say the third thing that you need to do is prepare your mind now to accept the unbelievable. So in other words, before the Great Recession, nobody could believe that the real estate market would collapse. Everybody fell into this problem because everybody said, oh, you know, housing prices always go up. They never go down when housing prices went down, it triggered a whole series of events that led to our, our collapse. And the same thing here. Like, for example, what if the polar vortex that we just had in the Midwest, instead of lasting for a few days, what if that polar vortex decided to stay for a couple of weeks or a couple of months? You'd have an economic collapse in that area. Or what if the hurricane, I think it was Hurricane Irma, instead of hitting where it did, if it had hit Miami, That would be an economic collapse in that area. So you need to, you know, be prepared and say, okay, it's never happened. That doesn't mean it's never going to happen. And that will set the difference between actually surviving a situation, an economic collapse, and not surviving one. is your open-mindedness to something could happen that's never happened before. And that's what will make the difference. Yeah.
0: That's yeah, interesting. You talk about like, cause I know one of the big things in our industry obviously is everybody wants to like stockpile gold and, and silver and, 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 you know, everybody wants to turn back time and go back to the gold standard. You're saying that those days are are long, long gone. So is there no use for, for gold at all? Or is, is that going to become a new? You said there they couldn't become a new standard because it just couldn't basically like there isn't enough gold to be able to do that or what, I know this is right. a big like, question our people's going to are going to want to know.
2: I mean, you could always have a bag of gold coins just in case I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't take up much space, but <laughs> but um the reason that we won't go back to gold is that countries found out that if they tied their economies to gold, they could only grow so much. So only the countries that had a lot of gold and that's why Spain and Christopher Columbus why they were looking for gold because the more Back in those days, when you're on a gold standard, the more gold you have, the richer you are. So it all depends on how much gold you had as as a country. Well, after World War II, everybody went off the gold standard to pay for the war. And then they realized, well, we don't need gold and we don't want gold because gold's going to limit us. Let's just tie yeah. to the dollar and we can just grow. As long as they're printing dollars, we can just grow as much as we want. So, you know, fundamentally, that might not have been the best decision they made. There's a lot of good arguments for returning to the gold standard. But because of the reasons I just mentioned, it'll limit growth because there's only so much gold. And countries don't want to depend on how much gold they have to be rich. They want to depend on trade and all kinds of other things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah it's interesting. I mean that that really kind of so I'm going to give myself a mini pat on the back here even for being an economic knucklehead because I've always just taken the practical approach like okay, I know everybody's hoarding gold and silver but so what does that mean? So all of a sudden we are you know we 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 experience a collapse whether it's an economic collapse or something else that collapses our our economy whether it's due to you know whatever whatever the situation might be all of a sudden we're going to go out there now and buy milk and eggs with some of my old gold coins or a gold bar, like money only has a value to the people that you're going to give it to in relation to what they're going to give you in return. And so, I mean, how would we even know? Like I, how would the average person know? Because preppers aren't going to go out there and just create their own flea market among themselves. So if I need to go out and get, I don't know, like I need to go buy gasoline. Well, how people that aren't used to gold or what the value of gold or silver is, they're not, they're not going to gonna look at it as, okay, I don't know how much it is that you're giving me or right. how much to give you back or anything. So right. I, always, I always just told people like there, people recognize cash. The, the, the vast majority of our population, they, that's what they're going to still be looking for. They still have this concept of what $5 is, even if we're into right. collapse. But as time goes on, that's where we start to see what true values are like, okay, now, You want this from me? Well, it's not $5. Now I understand how much in demand that is. And so my eggs are now $20. Or you can barter my, you know, my tractor isn't working. So I don't know how to fix it. If you'll fix my tractor, I'll give you two dozen eggs or something like that, you know, but it seems to me that it really is all in the mind of the person that you're trying to trade with right. of what the value of whatever it is that you've got. So, what about silver? I have I mean, to ask about that. So, gold isn't any good. Okay. So, should is silver a better thing for people to do, or is it the same exact um, reasoning there?
2: Yeah, it's the same reason, only worse because we've never had a silver standard. Mm-hmm. So, silver was just something that was a like a lesser gold. Um, It was kind of like a shadow of gold or the moon to the, you know, I could come up with a lot of allergies analogies, but, you know, it's really less valuable than gold. And, you know, I think to your point, like if we do get to that, I mean, in Venezuela, everybody didn't, they haven't suddenly whipped out the gold and started trading with it. And, you Mm. know, they're still using, actually, they're using the dollar if they can, if they can grab some. But if we get into a true collapse and, and if it goes on long enough, to your point, exactly, it's going to be, it's going to be an auction system and it'll be, okay, I have gas and everybody wants it. So here's what I want from you. And so we mentioned in terms of preparation, make sure you have sellable skills, you know, make sure you, well, I'll paint your house if you give me gas or whatever it is. That's going to be more important than, than a bag of gold. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Well, the last question I have for you here is more of like a fast action response sort of thing. So you did say, you know, if if a collapse were to happen, it's going to happen very quickly. And by the time people get on, they see it on the news that they see it dropping and they see all of these guys on Wall Street holding their their head, their head in their hands and everything, everything starts to crumble. Like when that happens, what what should we do? What should I do? Like as a fast action response, hopefully I've prepared well enough ahead of time. And we've talked about some of the things you can do there, but is there anything that's more, a more immediate thing? Like, should I be the first one to head down to the ATM machine before it gets closed off? Or like, what should I do first? Like, what's my, what's my action, my action items?
2: Well, if you know, it's an absolutely okay. It has collapsed. Like if you're convinced, Then think in terms of, you know, what's gonna kill you first if you don't have it. (laughs) So air is pretty safe. You don't have to worry about that, hopefully, unless you're near a wildfire, (laughs) like they were in the mid in the northwest. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had a they had a it wasn't an economic collapse, but it it was bad. But you know, water, so make sure you have water, make sure you have your security, whether you're into fight or flight, make sure you're secure, you have shelter. And then food. And then if you have decided that, you know, you do need to leave, if you do have that farm somewhere, you know, head off to it before everybody else does. And that's, you know, that's the key. Because once it gets into panic mode, the roads will be clogged. I mean, you need to be able to recognize it, even if it's only a, a few days before everybody else does. And once again, it gets back to that mental preparation. You know, just because it's never happened, don't think that it can't happen. And if it does happen, it'll happen quickly. And then, like I say, be diversified. So be be prepared for fight or flight and do the things that you can do now, like get a passport. That's easy. A bag of 20s. That's easy. You know, the things that are easy that you can have on hand that will prepare you just in case. Because the chances that are, it's going to happen are low. But if it did happen, then the pay, the pain is very high. Yeah. So, you know, there's several things you can do in advance. And I'd say as far as like, you know, should I be the first one to go to the bank? Absolutely. But it's also a good idea to have things on hand now, you know, to have that bag of 20s now before before you need it.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Kimberly, thank you so much. I I really have been looking for somebody like you for a couple of years to come on the show and break it down for knuckleheads like me. So I, I really appreciate you taking some time with us here. Listen, everybody. It's my pleasure. uh, Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been great having you on. Uh, Listen, everybody, this is the kind of stuff that I I love talking about with people because it's uh, we're getting a real practical stance here. It's not just somebody I've I've grabbed from the uh, the fantasy prepper world out there to come in and, and scare us all into into doomsday mode here. Obviously, there are some threats out there, but as we know, there's paranoid and there's prepared, right? So it's not a matter of just being paranoid about these things happening, but taking the steps now to be able to I'm prepared so that you don't have to be afraid what should something come. You know exactly what to do, you've prepared for it and you're ready to just take action. So, definitely go check out the work that Kimberly has done over at thebalance.com and be sure to go ahead and grab her book as well on Amazon, over um, yeah, over on Amazon for Beyond the Great Recession. And until our next modern combat and survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train and survive.